Open your Bibles to the book of James. We started last week just kind of <clears throat> a small book study. We're looking in the, the book of James, and we'll kind of just carry this out for, I don't know, eight to ten weeks. Uh, we'll kind of see where it, uh, where it lands. Uh, but I wanted to just kind of take a moment to look at it in context, to read the whole letter. What's the, the theme of the book of James? What is he trying to tell us? Because sometimes we grab a verse or a passage of Scripture out of context. It helps us to see it in the context of which it was originally written. Um, and so we started last week with the book of James. And so today we're going to jump in at verse 13. And the series, if you want to give it a name for the book of James, is A Faith That Works. What James is wanting us to know is the faith that we have, a genuine faith, is not a faith that's just up here in our heads. It's not about knowledge, but it's what we do with what we know. He says that a genuine faith is a faith that produces. It's a faith that, that works. It's going to affect our actions. It's going to affect our attitude. It's going to affect our speech, our tongue. It's a faith that works. And so last week we looked at what trials and the, 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 the way trials play a part in our maturity. There's actually a purpose in the trials that we go through here on this earth. God's desire, God's goal is to grow us, to mature us in our faith. Um, and so he uses trials to do that. He says every time you go through a trial, you should consider it an opportunity for great joy. And we talked about, and we, don't, we don't see it as joyful that we're going through a trial, but we should consider it an opportunity for great joy because we know what the purpose of the trials are, that we're going to grow, that our endurance is going to have a chance to grow, and we get stronger, and the next time we go through a test, maybe we handle that one a little differently. Are you with me so far? So in the context of trials, he'd written this to scattered Jews, they had been persecuted, um, and, and they were just scattered all out, and he was showing them, even in the middle of the persecution, even all the pressure that you're feeling right now, guys, it, there is a genuine faith, and this is what it looks like, and so he's speaking with that in mind. So you get to verse 13, and he kind of shifts gears a little bit and talks about temptation. So here's what I want to do. <clears throat> I want to read from 13 through 18, pray, and then we'll come back and just kind of break this down today. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all of his creation, became his prized possession. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that in this time, uh, in this hour, uh, you would open our, our hearts, open our eyes to the truth that's in your word. Your word says, um, and we shall know the truth, and it'll set us free. <clears throat> So, Father, I pray that you would just bring freedom in our lives today and help us to realize, Lord, as we just kind of unpack what faith looks like, uh, Lord, that it is a faith that works. It works in the trials, and uh, Lord, it recognizes the source um, of temptation and resists it. So, Father, would you just please be honored in our time today as we um, unpack your word? I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I read a quote that said, if opportunity knocks, temptation leans on the doorbell. If opportunity knocks every once in a while, temptation is like laying on the doorbell. It's around us all the time. Would you agree with that statement? I said, would you agree with that statement? 
Maybe you don't struggle with temptation. I mean, I, I know it's something that is, is out there. And um, what James is, is about to say <clears throat> is that in the context of trials, the purpose of the trials is to grow us in our faith. But we're, if we're not careful, we can allow those trials to have a, a negative response. Instead of growing from them and maturing in them, we can allow those to, to make us trust God less, to doubt God. Uh, and when we doubt God, we start to question God as it goes, does God love me? I'm going through this trial. I'm going through this temptation right now or this season, and I feel like God just doesn't care. He doesn't know, or maybe this is out of his, his league. He can't handle it. And when we begin to <clears throat> doubt God, then sometimes that'll lead us to just kind of saying, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to do what feels right. I'm going to do what feels natural or good to me. And we just kind of give in to some of the old ways that maybe we came out of when we first came to Christ. And so if we're not careful when we go through a trial or we go through a test, <clears throat> instead of growing from it, it can actually cause us to, to sin. It can actually cause us to say, you know what, um, this is hard for me, and I'm just going to go back. I'm just going to do whatever. And when we do that, <clears throat> we kind of justify our behavior, and, and then we say, well, <clears throat> it's God's fault because he's the one that put the trial in front of me. It's, it's God's fault. He made me do it. And James wants to lay out, hey, listen, before we do that, let's be careful never to put that on God because God is not the source of, of, of evil. God is never going to cause us to go towards sin. He wants to cause, cause us to come away from sin. Amen? So he's like, hey, just don't ever pin it on God. If it's, it's our own fault. It's what you'll unpack here in James. Um, but let's look back at verse 13. It says, and remember, when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. Two things. Number one, God is never tempted to do wrong. That means he's untemptable. Aren't you glad that we have a God that is untemptable, that cannot be tempted towards evil? I mean, he's faithful, he's solid, he cannot be tempted. Nor, the second thing, it says he does not tempt anyone. He never tempts anyone else. So what you and I need to know first off is God is for us, he's not against us. As far as Christ, he's on our building crew, he's not on the demolition crew. He's here to draw us close, not push us away. He's here to build us up in our faith, not tear us down in our faith. God is for us. And so we need to be careful that when we are struggling with temptation, that we never pin it on God and say, well, it's God who's doing it. Because he said, no, no, no. God never tempts anyone. God cannot be tempted. So we start there. So what is the source of temptation? Verse 14. He says, temptation comes from our own Desires. Now, James is only hitting on this one aspect, and I would think that if you unpack Scripture, you'll learn that uh, temptation also comes from the enemy, Satan. Temptation comes from the world that we live in. How many know there's pressure around us every day, all day? Temptation comes from other people. Hey, dude, come on, man. It'll be cool. Everybody else is doing it. Temptation comes from many sources. In this context, James is saying, listen, the source for many of our temptations is our own desires. The, the word desire uh, there is, it means cravings, longing, lust. It's an intense desire uh, for some particular thing. And he says it comes from our own desire. So that these are our own. They, they're in us. And this is which entice us and drag us away. That's a, a fishing term. If you look at it in the Greek, those two words together, the first word to entice means to drag out, to draw away, or to remove. So in fishing, I went to Bass Pro Shops in Dallas uh, a while back, and um, they had this huge aquarium with all these fish in it. You seen those? And what's cool about that is we have a glass wall that we can look through, and we can kind of see what's going on underneath. 
And, and what I recognize, and, and I've always known this, but it's cool to see it, is there are these little caves and these crevices. And if you look back in there, way deep in there, you might see a big old huge bass. And he's just chilling back there in a safe spot, in a place that might be protected where nobody can see. Right, And so our job as anglers or fishermen is to go out and throw the right lure and and to try to remove them from their safe spot or to drag them out or drag them away from safety. And so we throw that in there and we're hoping he's hungry, right? And and we're hoping he sees the bait and we're, we're, we're casting it there. We're trying to drag them out. That's what the word entice means. He says temptation comes from our own desires which entice or they drag us out, drag us away or remove, and then it says, um, the word in the New Living Translation says, and drag us away. That word there just basically means baited or lured. So you see a picture of a, of a piece of bait, a little tasty worm um, on a hook. In fact, I got an image here. Uh, don't take the bait. Um, you know, when we go fishing, when I go fishing, I think that they have a meeting before I show up. I'm, I'm just thinking the fish, and they send out a memo. <clears throat> And they tell each other, hey, don't take the bait. This guy's coming, and, and he's going to go fishing, and maybe it's just God's sovereignty. He knows I'm going to brag about it, and he don't want me to do that, and so he just doesn't let me catch fish. Uh, but the reality is, is the purpose of the bait is to draw them out and to try to catch the fish, isn't it? And so what he's saying is desire is a lot like that. It drags us out of a safe place. We're in close relationship or we're in this protected place. We're close to God. We're enjoying the fellowship of God. We have the joy and the the peace of God. And then all of a sudden, our own desires that are in us says, let me cast the lure. And then what it drags us away from that and entices us or it just baits us there. So that's the source. He says it comes from within. It's our own desires. Verse 15 says, these desires give birth to sinful actions or to transgression away from God's law, God's standard. These desires that are in us can give birth to basically sinning or or walking away from what we know to do is right or wrong or to not do what is wrong. I mean, it says, and when sin is allowed to grow... There in the Greek, that basically means when it is um, executed, when the deed is done, it means performance. It, it means um, to take the bait, basically. When, when the desire throws the bait, entices us, drags us away, he says, when it is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Literally, it speaks of death, but how many know the death of a marriage, death of a relationship, death of a financial stability. I mean, we can give in to temptation. There's many different ways that it can be destructive in nature. Many of us probably have that in our families, and we can say, amen, I've seen it firsthand. I know what you're talking about. Amen? James is saying, when we are tempted, we need to make sure and understand the source of those temptations. It's not coming from God. God is not the author of evil. He doesn't tempt anyone, nor can he be tempted, but temptation comes from our own desires on the inside of us. Now, when we come to Christ, we're saved. God looks at us as though we've never sinned, and I'm grateful for that. But you know what's still in me? Some of the old man. Now, he's not in control. He can't make me do anything. Uh, but the things that I used to do before Christ, there are seasons in life, if I'm not careful, that those desires, those thoughts uh, will creep back in, and there's a temptation to kind of go back down that road again. Has anybody else ever struggled with that? 
And so he says these desires that are in us, they want to entice us and drag us away. And when they do, when we take the bait, it gives a birth to death. So imagine for a moment you're a fish underwater and you're looking and you see the hook and you see the worm on the hook and you can see the, 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 the string going up out of the water and you can see a reflection on the bank and on the other end of the pole, there's desire. That's what he's saying. Desire's fishing and he's trying to drag us away and he's trying to entice us. Satan fishes too, amen? The world fishes, other people. And, and, and what we have to recognize, and here's kind of a big idea, faith that works is a faith that recognizes the source of temptation. In fact, if you want to overcome temptation, you have to first recognize the source of it. Because if you don't realize where it's coming from, we may just be going into it and think it's just life um, as usual. But when we recognize the source of temptation, that is that anything that draws us away from a right you know, conduct, if you will, follower, being a follower of Christ, anything that pulls us away from that is, is dangerous when we recognize the source of it um, half the battle's over, in my opinion, because we recognize, hey, this is an evil desire, or this is Satan who wants to deceive us. First Peter 5, 8, what does it say? Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks around like a, a roaring lion. He's on the prowl, and he's seeking someone to devour. His MO is destruction, and so just like on the other end of the fishing pole, he wants to destroy lives, and so he casts the bait. Now, Here's what he doesn't throw at me. He doesn't throw uh, gambling addiction, those temptations at me. He knows I'm not going to take the bait. Uh, he's not going to throw um, alcohol at me or drugs at me because he knows I would never in a million years touch those baits. That, that, that's not a craving of mine. That's not a desire. But he knows my bait. And he knows your bait too, right? And he's good at fishing. And if opportunity knocks, temptation lays on the doorbell, it's relentless if we're not careful. Um, we don't keep our eyes open, be sober, be vigilant. We can fall, stumble into temptation. Remember, God allows tests because it's gonna grow our faith, but our response in that test needs to be one of faith and trusting in him, not distrusting or a lack of faith. And as a result, say, so you know what? I can't trust God, so I might as well do things my own way. That's when we get into big trouble. So he says in verse 16, so don't be misled from a proper belief or a course of action. Don't be taken off course. Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Here's what God is the source of. Verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. That's good news, church, that he never changes. The shifting of the shadows as the sun comes up and then it sets, the shadow moves around. We see the moving of the shadows. And he says, he never, uh, like a shifting shadow, he never changes. He's constant. It says he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, his dependable, faithful word, and we out of all creation became his first fruits or his prized possession. God loves his children. God is committed to his children's growth. God will use trials to grow us in our faith. God will discipline those ones that he loves. But alongside of what God is doing, we have to fight the temptation 
to take the bait. We have to fight the temptation to, uh, to, doubt, to doubt God, to give in to those temptations and recognize the source of where it's coming from in the first place. Are y'all following me? So <clears throat> recognizing the source of the temptation and resisting it, how do we do that? How do we resist temptation? I said first that we have to recognize um, the source, where it's coming from. And I think that if we could just supernaturally, if Satan popped up today and his little pitchfork, you know, we see him painted up, the red suit, pitchfork, uh, you know, forked tail and horns on his head and he's, and he's offering us some bait. How many know like 100% of Christians would say, ooh, bad devil and, you know, get away from me and I'm not taking the bait because we, we recognize it. He's very, he's subtle. He's subtle. Here's a quote that says, the devil doesn't come dressed in a red cape and pointy horns. He comes as everything you've ever wished for. Satan gives Adam an apple and takes away paradise. Therefore, in all temptations, let us consider not what he offers, but what we shall lose. Because how many know he's always out to destroy? So how do we defeat temptation? Knowing the source of it, but considering that God is the source of everything good and perfect, he gives us life, he he gives us this a relationship and a family. He gives us stability, strength. He gives us everything that we need to know and how to live a life worthy of the calling that we receive. When we're in temptation, he gives us a way out of temptation. In fact, he says he's faithful to do that. He will always offer us a way of escape. That's in 1 Corinthians Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Remember, no shifting shadows. He's constant. It says, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. He's always going to find or or provide for you a way of escape. Here's the question. Are we looking for it? Are we looking for the way of escape? When temptation is there, right next to it, there's always going to be an off-ramp, if you will, away from that sinful um, act. God's faithful and always provides for us an escape route, a way out. Jesus, uh, in Hebrews 4, it talks about him. It says, since we have a great high priest, it's referring to Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every aspect, or excuse me, in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted, but he didn't give in to the temptation. He didn't sin. Let us then, with confidence, say confidence, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You remember the, the, the fish underneath the bank way back there where it's safe? To me, as drawing near, drawing near to him, staying close to the Father's side, right? And it's a safe place to be. Let us draw near to him. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus says, watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. He says, because the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you would agree? Flesh is weak. Watch, be sober, pray. That's stay in constant contact with the Father. When we're close to the Father, when we're watching and recognizing the source of temptation, when we are praying to the Father, we're in communion with the Father, it is easier 
to avoid the temptation. When we say church is not important, Bible study is not important, prayer is not important, and I'm just going to do what I do, you know, I'm, me and God are good, but I'm going to live how I want to, you're putting yourself in a dangerous spot. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, his, his <clears throat> dependable and faithful word. And we out of all creation became his prized possession. Let me ask you a question. Do you value his true word? Do you see his word as faithful? Do you see it as dependable? Because God's got something to say about how to live this life. And when we're struggling in whatever area it may be, God's probably said something about it. And he's like, do I value what he says? And I just think these are areas where we, if we're committed to his word, we're in constant prayer with him as far as a communion, right? When we're drawing near to him, he draws near to us. It helps us to um, avoid taking the bait, recognizing the source of it, and recognizing what we stand to lose rather than what is being offered to us. Every time we defeat a temptation, we become more like Jesus. That should be encouraging to us. Every time we defeat a temptation, you know, temptation comes up, you take the bait. Oh, man, sorry, God. And then the next week, the temptation comes up, and you take the bait. Oh, sorry, God. I mean, does anybody else struggle with this? And the temptation comes up, all right, God, sorry, I did it again. And I'm reminded of the verse that says, as a dog returns to his vomit. So, you know, a person returns to his sin, I'm like, yep, that'd be me, God. Vomit dog, you know. And, and we, it's just a cycle over and over and over again, recognizing where it's coming from and what we stand to lose. But every time we say, you know what, God, I recognize that this is something, and I give it to you, and I'm asking you for strength, and then God says, okay, quit driving that route or quit hanging out with that person or get rid of that movie or get rid of that book or quit associating with those people, and there's always a way, right? And, and he says, when you do that, and then the next time the temptation comes, you're like going, huh, it wasn't as strong. That lure wasn't as strong this time. I was able to withstand the temptation. He says every time we resist the temptation or defeat it, we become more like Jesus. Isn't that the goal? God is committed to our spiritual growth. He's using tests to prove us, to, to, to build our endurance, to help us to, to stand up against the pressures of this life. And as I mentioned last week, you see people that you know, they have a flat tire and their whole world is crumbling all around them, and that's not spiritually mature. And his goal is to get us to the point where we can be um, like the lady that we, we buried yesterday who, with two and a half years of chemo and radiation, was able to say, it's all good, even when it wasn't all good, physically speaking. God wants to get us to the point in our life where we can say, no matter what goes on, God, you're in control, I trust you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to you. I trust you. I trust you. I think where we start to slip down that slope of, you know, giving in to temptations when we start questioning, um, God, do you care? Or God, do you understand? Do you know? Are you able? I mean, you must not love me. Go back to the Garden of Eden. What happened there? Satan shows up, and what did he do? He began with a question. He wanted Eve to doubt God, didn't he? God gave her clear instructions, and the first thing he says, did God really say that? He was instilling doubt. And then it says, and then when she saw the fruit and saw that it was desirable for food and to gain knowledge, she took it and she ate. See, her desire, Satan just threw the lure. He can't make you take the bait, right? 
He can throw the lure, he can entice, and he can try to drag you away, but it's up to us to recognize the, the responsibility. God don't make us do it. We are responsible for resisting temptation. We either take the bait or we reject the bait. Someone said, I think it's Billy Sunday, temptation is the devil looking through the keyhole. Yielding is opening the door and inviting him in. I'll say it again. Temptation is the devil looking through the keyhole. <laughs> He's peeking through. You're like, ooh, that's temptation. And we're idiots when we open the door and go, come on in for a while, right? But we do that. And he's like, mature faith learns to recognize the source of the temptation, but it also resists the temptation. Here's the good news. He gives us the ability to resist temptation. So when we give into it, what do we do? You know, we, we admit it was ours and ours alone um, fault for giving into it. It wasn't God. God didn't make me do it. I chose temptation. I chose the flesh. I chose the craving or that evil desire, and I gave into it, and I have committed sin, and I am so grateful that we, we have a, a God who says his mercies are new every morning. I am so grateful that we have a God that says, if you will confess your sins, if you'll confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Aren't you? So I wonder sometimes if when we're struggling with temptation, if we even recognize that we're in this, this war, and we really are. There's pressure all around us, whether it's the world, whether it's just people, whether it's Satan, or whether it's just our own desires, there's this uh, tactic to draw us away from obedience to God, away from trusting God. And sometimes it's in the form of a trial. And maybe you went through something heavy in your life and you're like, man, God totally wasn't there for me in this. And you missed what God was doing there. He was trying to grow and mature your faith. And because of that, you said, you know what? I'm kind of done with God for now. I'm just going to do things my way. And you go back to the old patterns, uh, the old thoughts, the old flesh, we say, um, and life. And you've given into that. Well, I got good news for you today. God is a loving and forgiving God. He's good and perfect. Everything good and perfect comes from him. He's the source of everything good. Amen? And when we come to him and say, God, I, I admit, that's on me. I took the bait. Yeah, man, I should have known that was my favorite craving or my favorite desire, and I'm, I'm just a dummy, man. Satan throws it out there, or, or I just gave into it. He's, I took the bait. It's my fault and my fault alone. God, it's not yours. You're not the author of evil. You can't be tempted. You don't tempt anyone. I own this, and I confess it as sin. I ask you to forgive me of that sin. And the good news is he says he does. Amen? So faith, faith works. It's a faith that works. It's not a faith that's intellectual. It's not a faith that we just read and go, mm, I got it. I'm smart. I've got, you know, I get this faith. But it's a faith that actually works itself throughout our life and our actions and our attitude and our speech, the way we treat other people, the way we handle ourselves. It's a faith that is effective. It's what James is going to lay out in this whole letter. It's a, a faith that works. This faith is, is a faith that perseveres under trials. That's what we talked about last week. And it's also a faith that recognizes the source of temptation and resists it. So the question is, do you, do you recognize the source? Are you resisting those temptations? I believe that we will struggle with this for the rest of our lives here on this earth. I mean, I, I wish I had good news for you in that department. But as long as we're surrounded with a world that is running away from God, as long as we're just 
um, drenched with a society that is a godless society, we're going to be influenced around us every day, right? And as long as the devil's still at work, until he's locked up one day, amen, he's going to be locked up. But until then, he's still got, he's got his MO. He's going to be trying to do everything he can to shipwreck your faith. And as long as we're not growing in our faith and we're spiritually immature and we're not recognizing this, we just, we do it to ourselves. We just take the own bait. We, our desire casts the lure and we're like, mm, I think I'll do that again. And we just give into it, give into it, give into it. And James wants us to know that, hey, a mature faith, a faith that really works is a faith that recognizes the source of the temptation, but it also resists the temptation. Aren't you grateful that we have the ability to overcome and to resist temptation? We don't have to give in to it. We do, but we don't have to. Um, Everything good comes from God, and he gives us his spirit. He gives us his word to guide us. He gives us good counsel. Um, He gives us good accountability. Sometimes it's just a a person in the flesh that you're like, hey, I just know that they know me, and and, and then we get this accountability with one another, and it's going to help me kind of stay the straight and narrow. I'm thankful for all of what God uses to help us live this life worthy of the calling that we've received. Amen? So... Faith that works is a faith that recognizes the source of temptation and resists the temptation. Here's what we'll do. We'll pray and dismiss, and when we dismiss, if you come, Shane, I I got some things I'm dealing with. I got some things that I've been wrestling with, and and I'm really having a hard time overcoming this. And maybe, maybe it's just that you need to bring it to the light. And by bringing it to the light, I'm not saying, I mean, like, we're gonna, you air it out, but sometimes the first step is just acknowledging there's a problem. And that's what we want to do is we want to keep it hidden, don't we? But to get to the point where you say, you know what, I just need to get this out. I need, to, I, need to, I need somebody to pray with me and to come walk with me through this. Maybe hold me accountable, show me some scripture, whatever, bringing it to the light. There's freedom when we bring it to the light. And I got news for you. God already knows, right? God already knows it all. So wherever you may be, if, if, that, if that speaks to you this morning, um, when we close, I want to encourage you to respond um, after the service. But for the rest of us, for all of us, just recognizing Um, that the source, it's not God. Aren't you glad it's not God? God is not the author of um, temptation. He does not drag us away, but he wants to draw us in to the faith. He wants us to trust him more, not doubt him more. He's on our building crew, not our wrecking crew. That's a good God. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge. James is kind of in your face uh, when it comes to Christianity and what it looks like and Father, I pray that you would challenge us. Um, some of these verses we know by heart. We've heard them our whole lives. But Father, we recognize that um, sometimes we can have a head knowledge of it, but it doesn't work itself out in our, our lives. And so that's my heart is that you will uh, grow us in our faith, that you would mature us in our faith, um, Lord, that we would start to exemplify in our own lives what a mature faith looks like. It's a faith that stands under these trials. Lord, we want to be stronger as we encounter Um, tests and trials that come our way. We want to be victorious in those, not victims. Lord, we also want to respond in the right way that responds with trust and obedience, not doubt and disobedience or giving into our own evil desires. So, Father, help us to recognize that and see it. And the next time we get close to the bait, God, just just your Holy Spirit that lives in us, would you just um, get our attention? Would you... Help us to look up and see the way of escape, to see that, 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 that off-ramp away from that temptation so that we, we don't take the bait. For those that have taken the bait and they've done damage, Lord, I pray that you um, would show them your, your mercy, your favor, and that, uh, Father, you're willing to 
uh, forgive and, and give them strength and they can grow past this and be um, in a better spot as a result of it. God, I pray that you would just continue to grow us and to mature us in our faith as we trust you. Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to be obedient. We don't want to just have a head knowledge. Lord, we want it to affect our whole lives. You said that we're the salt and we're the light. That means we're to be influencers. So God, let your faith be evident in our hearts and our lives as we continue to walk this thing out, as we leave this place today. I humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming.